Uh, this is the third week uh, in our study of First and Second Ephesians, in Ephesians chapters one and two, who I am in Christ. I still can't get over that movie that we've been watching. We've seen it a couple of times. Maybe you can watch it again at home if you get a chance. Overcomers, where the young lady that's the uh, uh, track uh, athlete who's uh, in the long distance running, how that she comes to know Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And that clip in that movie where she play, prays to receive Christ and then... Uh, the principal of the school says, Now, I want you to go read Ephesians 1 and 2 and make a list of who you are in Christ now that you're a believer. And she makes that list and she comes up with many things. Well, that, that sort of propelled me into this series that we're now on. And we've looked at several things. Just to review for a moment. Uh, we saw that I am blessed. I am chosen, I am holy, I am blameless, I am adopted, I am, in, I am in the beloved. Now, a lot of those, boy, I enjoyed all those. I'm not going to go back and, and re-preach all of, that, all of that to you. But last week when we looked at I am beloved, I am in the beloved, uh, we found out that uh, everybody is loved by God, but not Everybody loves God in return. So I want you to think about that for a moment with me. We know that God loves everybody. He loves everybody in the world. But I want you to know something. If you have never returned that love to God by trusting Jesus as your Savior, you're not in this group that the Bible says is the beloved but when you've trusted Christ as your Savior and you've given Him your heart, God says in this scripture we're looking at in Ephesians chapter 1 that you are in the Beloved. So that's where we saw last week. Now today we pick back up in verse number 5. And I want you to look at that. I hope you have your Bible with you. Open it up to Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, looking at verse 5 for a moment. Well, actually... Uh, back up to verse number 4. Let's get the flow here for a moment. Just as God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus to Himself, according to the will of God and the good pleasure of His will, to the praise and glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. There's that in the Beloved we talked about a moment ago. I want to deal this morning with this one word, this one phrase, predestined. Notice that, having predestined us. When you think about the word predestined, many times comes to mind that God has pre-decided everything and that man does not have a choice. God has predetermined everything that's going to happen. And so why pray if God already has determined everything that's going to happen? Why do this? Why do that? Well, that's, that's not what the word predestined in Scripture means. Man does have a free will. Man does have the ability to choose. 
I want to go back and look at what we saw last week in this word chosen. And that definition that I gave you. Because the, the word predestined is very, very close to that. If you remember from last week, here's what we talked about and how we defined that word chosen. Chosen does not imply that some were chosen and others left out or overlooked by God. Rather, God in His wisdom knew those who would believe in Jesus. So He chose them before the foundation of the world to be His. The reason I like that definition is it honors the sovereignty of God and it honors the free will of man. There's no way that a pastor or anyone can connect those two in our minds where we would totally and fully understand them. But yet that's, this is what the Scripture says. The Bible says God is sovereign over all and He rules, but it also says man has a free will to choose. Whosoever believes in Jesus will be saved. Now this word predestined that we're looking at is similar to that. I am chosen, I am holy, I am blameless, I'm adopted, I am predestined. Predestined, here's, here's a definition I want to give you, means to appoint beforehand to something. Now watch that for a moment. God is saying, I've predestined you as my child. I've, I have appointed you beforehand to something. Now you see, this predestined comes, comes into play when I trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior then God has appointed me to be His child. God has appointed me to grow. God has appointed that His Son is going to be glorified in my life. God knew before the foundation of the world that Daniel, that Joel, that you at home who know Jesus, God determined before the foundation of the world that we would be saved and we would be His children before we were ever born. God did that on the basis of knowing. He knew that when I heard the gospel, I would believe in Jesus. He knew that when you heard the gospel, you would believe in Jesus. He knew that all of this would be happening in our world today. Nothing's caught God by surprise. He knows all these things. But yet God has given us a will. A will to have a mind to think and to act. A friend of mine that was my professor in seminary in evangelism at Southwestern, I've mentioned him before to you, Dr. Roy Fish. He's in heaven now. And he did a, a, a lot of preaching on this idea of the free will of man versus the sovereignty of God. And here's what Roy Fish told us, and I think is so good. He said, if you're going to talk about election, if you're going to talk about predestination, you need to begin where God began. And that's in Romans 8, 29. Romans 8.29 is a powerful verse. It tells us that God has predestined us 
according to his foreknowledge, God knowing, he predestined us to become and to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's another passage of Scripture that I like very, very much. And, and I'm going to go over and read it. It's in the book of uh, 1 John chapter number 3. I, I've loved this Scripture ever since I was a young preacher starting out. Listen to it for a moment in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it didn't know God. Isn't that a powerful verse? What love the Father's bestowed upon us. That's this being in the beloved again. God bestowed His love on me through Jesus in His death on the cross. I in turn placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I belong to God. I'm His. I'm in the beloved. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that powerful? Now friend, when the news comes on and they talk about what's going on in the world, you and I need to understand something. There are two groups of people in the world. Everybody's not the same that lives on the face of the earth. Everybody's not the same that lives in the United States of America. There are those that live in our country that are a part of the beloved. God loves us and we've loved Him in return by accepting Jesus. So there's another rule book for us. And then there's the lost world who doesn't know Christ, who has no idea about God, about faith. It's our responsibility to tell them about Jesus. But they have the responsibility to respond and to accept Christ. My friend, do not let the news media... Channel 4, Channel 3, don't let anybody out there that you're listening to make you think that you are in the group in the world as one big ball of humanity out there. And what are we going to do? My friend, when you're a child of God and you belong to Jesus, you are in the hand of Jesus. And Jesus is in the hand of God. Nothing can come against you. Nothing can get to you. Nothing can derail you or get you off track. Because you are in Christ. You belong to Him. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, Christians, believers, we should be called the children of God. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it, and it was, has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him for, as He is. There's where you're predestined to. Now that you have been saved. Now that you're a child of God. You are predestined to be resurrected. You're predestined to have a glorified body like Christ. You're predestined to live in heaven without sin, without sorrow, with, with hope, with victory, living eternal life. Predestined as a child of God. I am predestined. What a wonderful thing. That's, that's who you are. That's who I am in Christ. Maybe by the time all of this is over, 
some of the Christians on the news and in Washington, D.C. will have to come out and start talking a little bit about something like this. How different it can be in your life when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says, before the foundation of the world, we came to know Jesus and placed our faith in Him. Let me, let me share another thing with you for a moment. Believe it or not, we're almost through. You thought I was going to preach a long time today, didn't you? Well, I'm almost through with my message, but now we got some other stuff coming in a moment. I want you to think about this. Have you ever stopped to consider that your physical well-being is less important to God than your spiritual well-being? I'm telling you, that's exactly true. And we're living in a time where we need to start reflecting on that right now. You go to the grocery store and can't get groceries. Well, okay, then fast. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. You think there are all of these things that may happen. Gun sales, you can't even buy a gun anymore because people are going to uh, protect their homes, protect everything. They are anarchy in society or what people are expecting. The world out there thinks that Physical life and physical well-being, that's the epitome of everything. But it's not to the Christian. Not at all. Our physical well-being is second, third, or fourth to our spiritual well-being. We don't need to forget that in this day in which we're living. We need to understand that God is more concerned with us spiritually, my spiritual growth, my spiritual development, my becoming more and more like Jesus as I live my life in this body on earth. That's his number one purpose, his number one goal. I am predestined in my spiritual life to be like Jesus. And we see that in this scripture passage. I want you to turn with me for a moment to the book of 2 Corinthians. This is the last place I'm going to ask you to turn. The book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 4. And I want to begin here in verse 16 for a moment. By the way, uh, let me give you an example from Scripture about how spiritually is more important than physically. Isaiah 53, 5. 1 Peter 2.24 quotes Isaiah. And he says, Jesus bore our sins on the cross in His body. He bore our sins in His body on the tree. And then he says, by whose stripes we're healed. Some people say that the stripes of Jesus were for the physical healing of people. But you see, the New Testament doesn't tell us that. The New Testament tells us Jesus healed many people before He ever died on the cross. What Isaiah was talking about and what Peter was talking about is trying to say to us, you need a spiritual healing. And that spiritual healing that's going to come to you is only through 
the death of Christ on the cross and the stripes where he was scourged showing you that he loved you and was giving his life for you. That spiritual healing, much more important than our physical well-being. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, I think I might have said five minutes ago, chapter number 4, listen to verse 16 and, and let me just read this scripture. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Did you know every single one of us, we're dying right now? Whether we die from the coronavirus, whether some die from cancer, whether some die from a heart attack, whether some die from a car accident. And a pastor friend of mine was killed this week in a car accident. Young man, 45, 46 years old, pastoring a mega church in, in Texas. I knew him as a young man growing up. We're, we want to pray for his family here in a few moments when we pray. Friend, you, you don't know when you're going to die. You may escape the coronavirus and pass away one week after nobody else comes down with it. We, we don't know about that. That's all in the hands of God for us as a believer. The scripture tells us in this scripture that our outward man is dying, but our inward person is going to live forever in heaven with Jesus. Now that's where I want to put my focus on my spiritual life, my eternal life. Notice verse 7. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. What we're in right now as a nation, that's a light affliction according to God. We think it's a huge affliction. But God says, when you compare what we're dealing with in our country compared to what the world has dealt with from the time of Adam until right now, there has been catastrophe all over the world from time to time. When you put what we're dealing with in perspective, that is a light affliction compared with overall humanity. But God says, listen, don't, don't put your eyes on that. Put your eyes on me. Because I'm doing in you a greater eternal weight of glory is what I'm doing. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. That's what we're seeing right now. But the things which are not seen are eternal. I want to ask you a question, my friend. What would it take right now for you to take your eyes off of what you see in the world taking place and put your eyes on Jesus and ask Him to be with you, to keep you safe. Ask Him for His will to be done in your life. Not your will, for His will to be done in your life. And ask Him to do a spiritual work in your heart during this time. So that when this is all said and done, you're going to come out of it 
a greater Christian, a stronger Christian, a stronger believer, a stronger husband, a stronger wife, a greater grandchild, a greater child. You're going to come out of this with a work that only God could have done in your life because you realized early on that the spiritual with God is more important than the physical. And you want God to do that spiritual work in you. Well, that's what I want to share with you today. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you want to be a part of this group that's chosen. You want to be a part of this group that's predestined to be like Jesus. You want to be a part of this beloved, those that love God back because God loved you. Bow with me and pray right now. And then we're going to hear Daniel's song. Father, we do know you're an awesome God. And I pray right now that as people are listening at home, God, you've touched their hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that some right now will say, God, forgive me. I've gotten caught up in the physical world, and I need to be thinking about spiritual things, and I want you to get me back on track and get me focused on you today, right now. And Lord, if there are those that are out there today that are listening that have never trusted Jesus, they're not part of the beloved, but they... They know you love them, but they've never loved you back. I pray that right now they would begin to love you back. And God, that they would say, Father, I ask you to forgive me. You sent your son to die on the cross for me, but I've never loved him. I've never trusted him as my Savior. I've never asked him to forgive me of my sin. I've tried to love you, Father, without loving your son. And I know that that's impossible to do. So right now, I embrace Jesus and I ask for His forgiveness. And I ask Jesus, Father, to bring me in fellowship with You so that I can become a part of this beloved that the preacher's talking about who not only is loved of God, but loves God in return. That's who I want to be. Thank you, Jesus, for what You're going to do in my life. Amen. Listen to this song. Daniel plays it. It's so good. Our God is an awesome God.